Hello there, this is Daniel Hodge, and I play Darth Malak and Kendris in Unreal Cinema's Knights of the Old Republic series. This is the Old Republic Podcast. Be sure to check out their Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Podcast. We are the Old Republic Podcast. Spoiler alert for everything Star Wars under the Twin Suns. This is where the fun begins. Brian, how, how are you doing? What's new? I am doing great, and uh, there is something new. Actually, it's new to the world as of recording. Uh, just this last week, the uh, third installment of E.K. Johnston's Padme Amidala uh, anthology came out, Queen's Hope, so that's new. Uh, that's exciting. So, uh, yeah, was reading that, but what about you? What, uh, what have you been up to? I think, I think you've been doing something similar. I have uh, listened to Queen's Hope on Audible, and I loved uh, listening to Kat Tabor. Uh, she has read all three of uh, these audiobooks, and mm-hmm. I think we've mentioned this before, but she actually got her start in Knights of the Old Republic as Mission Veo, uh, the Twi'lek, you know, from Terrace. Mm-hmm. And she later voiced Leia in The Force Unleashed, and most famously, I would say, uh, voiced Padme Amidala in The Clone Wars. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, and she's been, uh, she's been on board to narrate all three of the, uh, of E.K. Johnson's, uh, books there about Padme Amidala, so that's, that's always cool. I I like it when you get the, the actual, like, voice actor, uh, to do the audiobook, because it gives it just kind of an extra little level of, uh, immersion, I guess. Yeah, authenticity. I mm-hmm. feel I feel guilty because I've only listened to Queen's Hope and not Queen's Peril and Queen's Shadow, but this this book got me excited uh, to to read those in the future. And honestly, like I want a Queen of Naboo and Handmaidens TV show on Disney Plus. You know, like yeah. everyone wants a Knights of Ren thing, but I want. <laughs> The Queen and the Handmaidens show. Yeah, that would be good. That would actually be really interesting because uh, one of the things you get from the book, I mean, there's a lot going on, you know, between uh, Padme and the Handmaidens and kind of the the skills and the tasks that they had to complete, you know, all the way from, you know, the the time we first meet Padme and the Phantom Menace, you know, all the way up through uh, Revenge of the Sith. So I think that that would actually be like really interesting. Uh, where would you set it? Would you set it like on, on Coruscant, like during the uh, senatorial days or would it be on Naboo or a little bit back and forth or? Um, uh, I would primarily like to keep it on Naboo because I love Naboo. It's just kind of, uh, it's kind of like Italy, India, all things green and beautiful all in mm-hmm. one. Uh, and I guess, like, I, I like the fashion on Naboo, you know. But, yeah. like, that's not to say, like, Coruscant couldn't appear. Um, I mean, like, I'm sure they would find a reason for Tatooine to appear. <laughs> that's um, right. And maybe some new worlds, you know. Maybe Alderaan and, like, Bale and Padme can have, like, some Senate bros 
action, you know, like where they where they like kind of team up, you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they'd be doing some uh, some Rebel Alliance forming. Uh, that would be good. But yeah, I would definitely be be interested to see uh, some sort of series or something about the handmaidens. Um, yeah, and you you could do live action on and Cinebu. That would be awesome. I think it would act, uh, kind of transfer over to like an animated type of a thing. Oh. Uh, you know, you could you could keep that same kind of like Clone Wars animation since we already have a lot of Padme stories in that series so uh yeah yeah, i think there's there's lots of potential uh you know outside of outside of these books which are fantastic so yeah i mean it could even be kind of like the forces of destiny and you could like kind of target it uh towards younger kids uh Mm -hmm. maybe girls and like uh, the handmaidens and and padme have some awesome outfits and like maybe they could like kind of create like some dolls and stuff you know and like action figures and like all that. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, we could see that line. I think there was a Forces of Destiny uh, kind of doll line. Um, I remember seeing the uh, the Princess Leia on um, Endor one because it came with a little wicket and she had her poncho Aww. and stuff. So Padme, I think she's an awesome character. I grew up with her, so I kind of empathize with her. Uh, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on Padme? Yeah, so Padme is a a pretty cool character, right? So we first meet her in the Phantom Menace. Um, she's a queen of queen of Naboo. Um, but you're really spending, I guess, the bulk of the film not realizing that Padme is necessarily the queen of Naboo. Um, you know, that's a, a little bit of a little bit of undercover work from the the handmaidens there. And then you know we get into her story a little bit more in Attack of the Clones. Uh, she's spending time with Anakin. You see that love story uh, kind of blossoming, um, and then into uh, Revenge of the Sith, where you know it, by this time uh, they're married, and uh, you know she is you know sort of the only thing that Anakin is kind of clinging on to uh, there. You know at the very end, but I think that her story was really compelling. Uh, one thing I'll say about the movies is that uh, kind of her story was a little thin. I didn't think that, you know, she had a lot to do in the films, which is a little bit unfortunate, but it gave us the opportunity to go back in Clone Wars and really kind of learn more about her and her backstory and, uh, you know, some people from her past um, and really kind of flesh out her character a little bit better, which was really cool. Yeah. I mean, I think the prequels are kind of more mythic and tragic. Padme definitely has more of a role in episode one than episode two and three. She kind of becomes a little bit more passive, you know, in Mm -hmm. episodes two and three. And I kind of just wish she didn't die of sadness. Like, I I think (laughs) you can make the argument that Emperor Palpatine drained her force energy, you know, Uh, to keep Vader alive, kind of like Frankenstein. Um, but it wasn't clear if that was Lucas's intention, but in my mind, it is my head canon because I think it's tragically beautiful or beautifully tragic, you know? Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. I quoted Wicked there, but... Uh, um, yeah, there you go. It's funny because Padme's, Padme's name, I believe it came from... Maybe George Lucas was inspired by the hero with a thousand faces because in the in the book he was talking about dualities uh, like that you would find in 
the hero's journey, like kind of getting beyond them. Campbell called it the atonement with the father, like where you kind of meet like the power uh, kind of behind the scenes and kind of realize like the binaries kind of like are the, are the same and they kind of like uh, disintegrate and the mm-hmm. hero transcends. And one of the quotes that's kind of about that is, I'm probably pronouncing this wrong, I'm sorry. If someone knows how to pronounce it better, please leave it in the comments or send us a message. But, Amani Padme Hum, which is, the jewel is in the lotus. So, um, mm-hmm. Padme means lotus. And uh, he kind of elaborates in The Masks of God, Volume 2, uh, the jewel Mani and the lotus Padme signifies on one level the imminence of nirvana, the jewel, in samsara, the lotus, another, the arrival of the mind, the jewel, in nirvana, the lotus. Yeah, there was a lot of kind of inspiration you would think that George took when uh, coming up with the name and, and her character, because I think that, yeah, Amidala also means some some sort of flower, but uh, Nabiri, which was like her family name, um, is like an Egyptian uh word i think that means like uh like mother of twins or something like that so yeah yeah, there was there was a lot of um kind of thought put into you know kind of the construction of her character at least in you know in kind of the naming um aspect of her she's really uh a mythic character like reminds me of uh isis in the story of osiris and uh isis um and it's a very mythological, kind of biblical um, conceit for a woman to, like, kind of give birth to, like, I guess the Skywalker twins are sort of like, I don't know, kind of like gods, you know? It, kind of like uh, on the level of shimmy, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that uh, the Clone Wars exist and that E.K. Johnston wrote uh, a great trilogy and kind of flesh out Padme's character more, but it's kind of interesting uh, because I think like, I think sometimes you miss um, a lot of the point of Star Wars if you interpret it like prose rather than like poetry or as a myth, you know, and maybe like the prequels kind of are more written mythically than even the original trilogy, you know, but um, I've always kind of like, I mean, I grew up the character uh, she was the, I was a young girl, you know, uh, and she was kind of, I guess, like, the girl character, uh, and even though I did identify a lot with uh, Anakin, like, mm-hmm. I, I think Padme deserves more love, and I would love to see more merch, I would love to see her acknowledged more, you know, and, and given the respect I think she deserves. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And you had, like, coming off of the original trilogy, you had Princess Leia, who was a pretty major player. So then you you kind of almost in a way just automatically identify uh, Padme as that, as that same kind of character. But, you know, I, I think they were, they were a little bit different. I mean, obviously, I get, you know, <laughs> she, she's Leia's uh, mother at the end of the day. But, um, yeah, I think to give her a little bit of a bigger role would have, would have been good. And that's, that's one of the cool things about the book series from EK Johnson is it really kind of dives into, you know, not even necessarily like the clone wars. You had kind of her part in, 
you know, being a senator and playing her part in the Clone Wars. But this is more of just, you know, who she is and where she came from and how she, you know, got to be where she was. And I think that that backstory is really compelling and, and really yeah. interesting. Speaking of where she, she was, um, how does uh, the where does the Queen's Hope kind of uh, start out? Yeah, so so the Queen's Hope. So this is the the third book in the in the series by E.K. Johnson, and I I want to say that in the in the timeline, I think uh, I think Queen's Shadow came out first, and then uh, Queen's Peril came out, which actually is set before. Uh, Queen Shadow, and then uh, Queen's Hope, which just recently was released. But but it starts basically at the very end of Attack of the Clones. So you're getting kind of that, uh, kind of the aftermath of, you know, the the wedding and the Clone Wars starting. And I, you and I have talked about, and we think that that is really kind of a key character point for Anakin, something that never really got explored too, too much, because there it was just a, a whirlwind of things going on in his life, you know, over the course of that week or whatever it was. Um, but really it's the same for Padme and that's where this book kind of picks up and, uh, gets us going. Yeah. I was kind of surprised, uh, because the cover, it has, uh, Padme's kind of green velvet dress, you know, with the hood. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I was like, oh, it's going to be like kind of around revenge of the Sith, but no, it's probably just she loves the outfit and she probably wore it like, you know, like more than once, you know, which <laughs> makes sense. So it's kind of more that's, like right after Attack of the Clones. That's that's right. Yeah. During during times of uh, war on Naboo, I guess you have to recycle your outfits a little bit more. Um, and part of the part of the story is, you know, now she's gone into being a senator and she's spending more time away from the handmaidens, which I think is is interesting because they're really kind of an integral part of her growing up. I think she was uh, elected as uh, queen when she was like 14 years old or something. So I, they've, they've been a part of her life. So um, it's almost in a way like a, like a little bit of reunion uh, when she's getting to interact with the handmaidens again, because she hasn't seen them for some time. They've been off doing their own kind of philanthropic work and uh, stuff like that back on Naboo and elsewhere. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was re-listening to episode 91 where we talked about Kristen Baver's Skywalker family at war. And mm -hmm. it does kind of mention how like attack of the clones, like really happens really quickly, you know? And it's kind of like Padme's life is in danger. Anakin protects her. They fall in love. Uh, he massacres a Tuscan village and then they save, well, they try to save Obi-Wan, they kind of fail, and then they uh, are rescued, and the Clone Wars starts, and then they are married, and I think, like, it happens in days, or maybe a week at most, but it's like, mm. zero therapy happened in that time, and it's <laughs> like, that's kind of addressed in this book, and I was like, oh, they, they did, they did their homework, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, one of the, one of the things I like about the the book a lot is it does it kind of goes into um kind of their relationship as newlyweds which um you know anyone listening out there when you get married you know there's like this uh, period of adjustment that happens when you go through that but they're going through it you know kind of on the forefront of this war and they're uh doing it in like this uh hidden fashion right because anakin's a jedi she is a senator they can't uh really you know 
make their marriage uh, publicly known. Plus, they're going to be on opposite sides of the galaxy. So they're trying to kind of navigate how that's going to work and what that means for them. Um, Yeah. You know, even down to like the, uh, like, you know, kind of the logistics of, you know, how are they going to talk and get messages back and forth. Uh, So I I really liked that. And it really felt very uh, real in terms of the way that their relationship would have actually worked. Yeah. I really enjoyed uh, kind of getting Padme's uh, kind of depth. Uh, she's a very selfless person, and she's hopeful. And I think, like, when she does finally find love, she wants to hold on to something just for her. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's so sad and kind of beautiful. Um, and... Padme and Anakin, they love each other, but that's not going to make them perfect. And, like, Padme didn't... I get the impression she didn't date super much, and, like, Anakin didn't date, and he wasn't raised to, like, as a Jedi, like, be like, this is how you plan for a successful marriage, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, they love each other, but it doesn't mean, like, it's going to go perfect. And, like, it was kind of cool to see, like, how they kind of had to figure out, like, how are we going to have a secret marriage? Uh, and like Anakin accidentally visits Sabe, like thinking it's Padme, which it's actually sort of funny, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. And it's like, I have to wait three hours until the security program kind of dies down. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's um, it is, it is played off, you know, fairly humorously in the, in the book, but in, and yeah, that's you know how kind of Sabe pieces this together that uh, that she got married uh, behind her back and you know didn't wasn't wasn't honest with her and um, you know that's that's kind of a big sticking point for Sabe. Yeah. You know, that they've always been open and honest with each other. Um, as I mentioned, you know they they'd spent you know the majority of their lives together at this point. So yeah, um, yeah it's it was just a it's a really good examination kind of of that particular um, you know time in. Padme's life as the as this war is about to about to begin and I I kind of like like what you'd said when you'd said just from the cover you assumed it was going to be more Revenge of the Sith and that's kind of what I thought too but I think placing it right here is really key because we get kind of some of those Revenge of the Sith stories for Padme so setting it right here in this kind of pivotal moment I think was uh, was a really interesting choice and uh, something I'm glad that they decided to or that E.K. Johnson decided to do? Yeah, because I know how, we know how it uh, ends, but to kind of see the beginning when they, when they're very hopeful and like kind of literally in their honeymoon period, um, it's, it's nice, you know? And I feel like this Anakin, like it, it was an accurate, you know, picture, and I think some people would be like, I think it was too flattering of a picture of Anakin, and some people would be like, I don't think it was flattering enough, but I'm like, I think that's that's the character, you know, is like he's a flawed, kind of like Achilles-like tragic figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I see it as being, you know, pretty flattering of him, but also you know, pretty re- realistic and how I think he is, is portrayed, you know, cause 
yeah, we've we've talked about it, especially in that episode. And when we were talking about uh, Kristen Baver's uh, Skywalker uh, family at War Book, we, you know, we kind of talked about how Anakin was really, you know, one that would put all of his emotions, he would project them out onto the people around him. And that's why he was so kind of emotionally invested, obviously, with with Padme, but also, you know, with Obi-Wan and uh, with Palpatine and that, you know, kind of led to his uh, ultimate downfall there because, yeah, he never really understood how to how to have this sort of relationship. And I think that the book does a good job of of kind of illustrating that they make it, you know, very clear that the the time that they're together, they're not, you know, Anakin the Jedi and Padme the Senator. They're just, you know, husband and wife and they're all in on that for the time they get to spend together because they're, you know, those moments are pretty few and far between. Yeah, they do kind of talk about like how Padme's heart is infinite. She can love like her handmaiden Sabe and Anakin. Like her heart is just, you know, full of love, you know, and she loves sharing Mm -hmm. it. But with Anakin, it's kind of more like he fractures his heart into different cells, like sections, you know, like I would say his mother and Padme kind of like take up the majority, you know, and then like, there's parts for Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, and Rex, but I think it his love is a bit more about control, you know, sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, like, people love differently, but, like, with Anakin, like, uh, it kind of trends more towards unhealthy uh, and definitely mm-hmm. kind of ends up, like, in not a great place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you'd mentioned... Uh... Anakin's mother there. So that's probably a good transition. I don't want to get into too many spoilers on here, but there are a couple of vignettes of the, uh, all of the Skywalker mothers, um, which was, which was new because I, I don't remember if they had those in the, in the first two books. I want to say that they did not. Um, but yeah, they're, they're incredible. The first one comes and it is, it's telling kind of this, uh, this short story about, uh, Shmi Skywalker. And then you get, uh, Aunt Beru and, um, uh, you get uh, Padme, and then you get uh, Bria Organa. Bria Organa, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, and yeah, those were those were unexpected, but yeah, uh, very beautiful. What did you think about the the little asides here we got throughout this thing? Um, I mean, it kind of reminds me of episode one twenty. We talked about the C.S. Lewis quote, like about fairy tales, and I think. Star Wars is a fairy tale, and I think it's beautiful that uh, this book kind of highlighted the Skywalker mothers. I like how you said that um, in mm-hmm. fairy tale vignette kind of manners. Uh, it reminded me of Matthew Stover's The Dark Interludes vignettes from the Revenge of the Sith novelization, and I just was like floored. You know, like I was like, oh, we're getting shimmy Skywalker content as a fairy tale. <laughs> like, right. Um, I, I know some some people out there are probably like maybe went comatose, but um, I think it's beautiful. And like it's kind of highlighting different strengths that might not be seen as strengths, you know, like mm-hmm. in a modern day, like sci fi fantasy, you know, uh you know, like 
a series of movies and I love that they embraced, you know, like the female characters in a fairy tale manner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I thought that they were, they were really awesome. And uh, like I said, I don't want to get into spoilers about those, but I, I did, I did see the potential for those stories being expanded upon, whether it's, uh, you know, kind of in a next series of books that maybe, uh, EK Johnson will be working on or, um, you know, things that we'll maybe get to see in, uh, live action or, animation at some point but yeah those those were really great unexpected and uh quite the uh pleasant surprise i thought yeah and kind of speaking of fairy tales they probably need to listen to or read but like honestly it's probably going to be listen like that's how i consume content (laughs) i'm sorry um i need to probably listen to uh, ek johnson's take on um the Sleeping Beauty story Mm. because Mm -hmm. that's always been like my favorite Disney movie. And like it's a fairy tale with a rich, complex history. And uh, I love uh, seeing different takes on it, you know, so. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. Judging, judging by these three books um, and then Ahsoka, which I've uh, listened to as well, I, I would, I would have to assume that her other, uh, writing um and kind of this genre would be uh, excellent as well yeah and she also wrote a thousand nights um exit pursued by a bear that inevitable victorian thing which i think is an excellent you know title um yeah just like oh and spindle which is the second uh iteration of a thousand nights you know uh Mm -hmm. they're bound the afterward um I just think like uh, kind of search uh, search authors you love like Star Wars authors you love on Goodreads and like try to support their non Star Wars works because they're also great you know obviously that's why they're writing for Star Wars you know so. yeah absolutely absolutely yeah it's a it's important to branch out but yeah if you find uh, an author that you really kind of kind of click with it's you know, good to support some of their other work too, because maybe you'll uh, be introduced to something that you uh, might love as well, or, you know, kind of a different genre of something you don't normally do. And I think it's good to kind of expand the horizons from time to time whenever you get a chance, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's what we tried to do on the podcast. And, uh, you know, like you guys can judge if we do it well, but I don't know. I think, I think we do, you know, um, but kind of speaking uh, of expanding the horizons, this is like, you're going to love this segue. Like Anakin expands his horizons by meditating at Qui-Gon's monument. Oh yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I think that that is, is kind of a really impactful part I actually I, I felt like we got more Anakin content in this than I was kind of initially expecting um, but I I think that that stuff is really good and it kind of shows um, you know really like we'd said with the with the relationship with Padme but really just kind of where he was at with his own psyche and kind of you know with all of the the pressure and this kind of whirlwind you know a couple of weeks leading up to this thing but, but yeah, yeah that was that was a really nice moment of um him getting to to reconnect there at that monument on Naboo, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, it does make me sad because I feel like if Qui-Gon would have been around, like, I don't think he would have 
probably slaughtered a village, you know, and I think he would have brought balance to the force, you know, um, yeah. and Qui-Gon meant so much to him, you know, and I don't know, what can I say, but it, it's nice that Qui-Gon was there, and I thought it was interesting that uh, it kind of mentions how, like, Anakin decided he was going to marry Padme, you know, uh, when he saw um, the Larses, you know, like Baru and Owen kind of just like how their closeness, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's, that's one of the, one of the cool things. And one of the things I'm most looking forward to and uh, Kenobi is kind of seeing uh, their dynamic a little bit. Cause you know, obviously we see them, uh, you know, briefly in attack of the clones and uh, then at the tail end of revenge of the Sith. And then, you know, ultimately is, uh, you know, Luke has grown up, but I would, I would really like to get a little bit more uh, story uh, between the, the two of them, what that must have been like being kind of the adoptive parents, you know, and really, and really the same for uh, the Organas too. But yeah, I think that um, Brew and uh, Owen, I think that their story is pretty compelling and one that I hope we get to see more of. Yeah, and I believe it is the same uh, actors, you know. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it's it's going to be great to see them again. And I guess I'm kind of on the bruise clues um, train. Like, you know, it's just good uh, to see more of them. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Aunt Beru with her uh, blue milk. I think she makes blue milk cheese. I think there was a story about that in one of the. Uh, the little short story, uh, New Hope books. So that was that would that would be that that would be good to see. So be good to eat. I'm sure <laughs> flavorful. That's right. That, that's right. Uh, that's what we need. That's the the next Galaxy's Edge treat that we need uh, yeah. for sure. I mean, who needs a Gizka taco when you can have blue cheese? You know, <laughs> blue milk cheese. So that, that's right. Yeah. Um, another character I loved seeing introduced uh, in this uh uh story is sister a clone who uh, uh was trans and i think it's a great character to have uh with everything that's kind of unfortunately going down in a lot of the u.s and mm-hmm. uh, yeah uh, what did you think of sister yeah, I think it was uh, a really good kind of character uh, to bring into the story. And yeah, it's always always good to get more representation out um, yeah. into the world and into Star Wars for sure. But, but yeah, I thought that, you know, Sister added um, a lot to the story and, you know, yeah, and just was a really kind of, yeah, just a, a good character to include in. Um, good representation. Yeah. I'd love to see fan art. Like, uh, I wonder if the, uh, her armor would be decorated kind of like the, the flag, you know, like with white, uh, kind of sky blue and pink, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I look forward to seeing that. If you have fan art, uh, please, please send it to us, you know? Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely send us uh, some fan art. That would be great. Speaking of sister, 
sisters, sisterhood. Sabe and Padme, uh, their friendship is goals, I think. Uh, like, just a sisterhood bond. They've They've been together, like, so much of their whole lives. And part of me just wants to see this this book brought to life with, like, Natalie Portman and uh, Keir Knightley, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. And... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. Part of part of the uh, kind of the exploration of their um, friendship and companionship and um, all that was a... Uh, really interesting part because you don't you don't think about I guess when you know when you have the the queen there with their handmaidens and then as you know they kind of you know evolve into whatever they're going to do next like you know Padme becomes a a senator and the handmaidens start to play kind of less and less uh day-to-day role in her life but that's you know kind of what you've been brought up to do and know how to do and and love to do um, so you have kind of on one hand, it's like a, <laughs> it's like a workplace kind of a thing, but yeah, I mean, just the, the tremendous friendship that they had and, uh, kind of the openness and, uh, it really played into, you know, how eager they were to, to get back to one another and, you know, kind of re rekindle their friendship and things. And I really enjoyed that part of the, uh, the story as well. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens in life. Like you grow up in an and evolve, you know, and things don't last forever. Uh, but you just have to be thankful they're there, you know, at a certain time. And Padme was there for the handmaidens at the right time. And uh, Padme had the handmaidens, you know, at the right time. And she always kind of had them. But, uh, like, when Sabe and Padme uh, parted ways, like, for me, like, when they separated, like, that's on par with, like, a romantic breakup, you know? Like, it, it's mm-hmm. their friendship is as important uh, as, like, uh, I guess Anakin and Padme or, like, uh, other uh, romantic relationships, you know? And it kind of reminds me of uh, episode 112 we did, um, Love, Death, and Star Wars, where... Um, we kind of talked about, like, there's, like, all kinds of love, you know, like, there's friendship, there's uh, romance, there's family, found family, and, like, all the different kinds of relationships are important, and, like, one isn't necessarily uh, more important than the others, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. Sabe and Padme really reminded me of that. Yeah, and, I mean, it really... Yeah, it really kind of dove into, like I said, the, their friendship and their trust with one another, and how that was, you know, kind of kind of betrayed in a way, I guess, by Padme when she married Anakin in secret and didn't, you know, trust Sabe to tell her straight away, and then kind of withheld it. Um, and there's a really kind of beautifully written scene in the book, um, kind of near the end when they're they're starting to address it and it's you know late at night and they were both tired and neither of them wanted to have this conversation but they were going to do it because you know uh, of their friendship they have to yeah so uh that was uh that was really great i thought maybe they always kind of dreamed of like having the ultimate like bridesmaids dresses you know and like Mm -hmm. all being there and supporting you know like their sister 
queen, you know, and like they wanted to like have an awesome bachelorette party and stuff. <laughs> but then she goes and marries someone in secret with like only droids to witness it. And it's like, yeah, we planned the greatest bridesmaids dresses <laughs> of all time. And you did this behind our back, you know? That's right. Yeah. They had it. They had the spring break all planned. And then, uh, Padme went and, uh, went and got married instead. Just threw a wrench in it. Yeah. And so wrenches remind me of a nice segue that does not wow. exist. Um, <laughs> yet, you know, but, um, someday it will, if you can come up with that segue, Send it to us and we will use it in the future. Or maybe a wrench is a component and we put together a new mm. bridge towards a new topic. Why should readers read this book or why should listeners on Audible listen to this book? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, to just kind of summarize, uh, you should definitely read it. Um, I think even if you didn't read the other two of the E.K. Johnson's, the in the Queen's uh, Peril, Queen's uh, Shadow series. I think that this one stands alone um, by itself uh, perfectly fine. So if you didn't read the other ones, you could definitely read this one without, you know, feeling like you'd be lost or confused um, or anything like that. But I think that this is really important just for the overarching story of Padme Amidala and the story of Star Wars because it really kind of, you know, it really gives life to you know, part of her upbringing and part of her life that that's really important and kind of the, the development of how we see Anakin fall and how Luke and Leia kind of end up the way that they do um, and getting these characteristics from her mother and it, it lays it out. Uh, plus, you should really just get it for those little vignettes, you know, if nothing else. Yeah, it, it's beautiful and it's kind of another step in the tradition of, you know... Uh, of Star Wars, you know, like reminds me definitely, like I mentioned, like Matthew Stover's The Dark and fairy tales are just always, always there, you know, with Star Wars. But this, this book probably could have also been titled Queen's Heart. And you really get to know, uh, you really get to know Padme's heart, like what she kind of holds dear. You get more of her, uh, interior interior life and mm -hmm. uh, I don't know like sometimes it feels like in modern franchises and sometimes Star Wars it's like it's like only the tough tough girls that like get highlighted but like and Padme's tough she's strong but she also loves deeply you know and she loves dresses and like there's no right way to be uh, a woman or or a person but uh I think it's just like it's nice to like kind of get some justice for maybe a character that's overlooked you know and uh mm -hmm. she's not passive in this book no yeah that's right yeah there there's enough kind of uh of action to you know, kind of satisfy that. But yeah, I think it's it's really good kind of character study, um, you know, on the backdrop of the beginnings of the Clone Wars um, um, and just what that means for, you know, the people of the galaxy and how seriously yeah. they're going to take it. Yeah. 
I mean, we'll probably introduce this episode and end this episode and maybe at different interludes, we will have what we have lovingly titled the Sad Naboo Sounds um, rendition cover, if you will, of Across the Stars. But before we end, uh, you'll kind of hear it kind of after our closing uh, outro. So any, any additional thoughts, Brian? Go pick this up and uh, give it a read or, you know, snag the copy on Audible and listen to it if you want uh, Catherine Tabor to, you know, read you a story about Padme and Padme's voice. Uh, go yeah. check it out. Yeah, E.K. Johnston did a great job and here's more sad Naboo sounds. Public podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out. And if you want to connect with the podcast on Twitter, we can be found at Old Republic Pod. And if you want to connect with me, I can be found on Instagram at Astro underscore Droid underscore. You can find us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Old Republic Podcast. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Dennis S. Mowers at dennissmowersmusic.com. This episode of the Old Republic Podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now. <laughs>